Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Welcome back to the SipStack podcast, uh, the podcast of my Substack, uh, read by author Ryan Cipriani. Uh, today's uh, issue is entitled Wednesday, August 24th, 2022, uh, Idea Webs and World Building Notebooks, and Writing from an Inanimate Object's Perspective. Now, I do want to call out, uh, as I do with the, the voiceover of my, uh, of my articles, um, this particular issue of uh, the Sipstack begins with a hero image of, um, it's a little red notebook of mine, and it is the world-building notebook that I used when I created my fantasy saga, Krog the Battle Prince. Um, now, I call it out because uh, it's referenced a few times in the article's head and is referenced in my introduction. And so for those of you who are receiving this purely as, uh, in audio form, uh, I just want to make sure that you're, you kind of understand like what I'm referring to. It's this little red notebook, says Mead up at the top, and has a bunch of pages sticking out of it. And on the front, I'd scrawled in big black Sharpie, Krogue the Battle Prince. Uh, but anyway, as that factors into a lot of what we're discussing today, including just sort of the, the title article, I wanted to make sure that you kind of understood like what I was referring to here. Let's get into it. That notebook has been with me for almost 10 years now. It factors in today's lead article, but I also want to take a moment to recognize how critical it was to starting my writer's journey. Although Krogue Saga remains the keystone of my work, I've gone on since to produce several other novels, novellas, and lots of short stories. But it's fair to say I would not be as active of a writer had it not been for that little notebook. It formed the backbone and genesis of my first serious writing project and was part of how I fell in love with writing. Everyone has a little artifact they hang on to from a moment in their life that was especially important. For me, that little notebook and the pages in it, can, uh, it, the pages it contains, represents the moment I stopped thinking of myself as a musician, an aggressively average one, by the way, and started thinking of myself as a writer. I have not looked back since. Article one: Idea webs and world building bibles. Organizing your notes. Now that you've compiled all your notes and have some kind of idea of the direction of your project, you'll want to get organized. A bunch of scattered notes contain great ideas, certainly, but they're, if they're disparate and semi-unrelated, you'll want to start grouping. Now, there are a few ways to do this. I'll share my favorite two methods, idea webs and world-building bibles. Idea webs tend to be best suited to slightly smaller scale projects, and world-building bibles are really great race resources for larger projects. At the end of the day, though, this is a completely personal preference, and people will gravitate to the, word, uh, the one that they feel works best for their workflow. A key takeaway here. The thought process behind webbing is to clearly see what elements you've come up with in your note-taking that are congruous with each other. Idea webs are an amazing visual tool to see everything related to a single story concept laid out in a pretty organized manner. Now, my own fantasy saga, Krog the Battle Prince, began as an idea web that covered three poster boards. Now, this was many, many years ago when I was a very young teenager, and I would eventually move into a world-building Bible uh, about a decade and a half later, but the original web was how I visualized story elements. Now, you're going to start by creating bubbles with spokes that correspond to each of your notes. Maybe you have a bubble named characters and spokes that branch out to the characters or names or concepts you've come up with. Or you have one called places with locations that will be important to the story. You get the idea. The thought process behind webbing is to clearly see what elements you've come up with in your note-taking that are congruous with each other. 
you'll very quickly be able to tell what seems repetitive or what may cause too much conflict. For example, did you come up with an overwhelming number of magical artifacts for your fantasy story? Yes? Well, the web will show you, and you can nix some for other projects. Idea webs on a whiteboard uh, work great for nonfiction works, marketing projects, corporate communications, all of that. Highly recommend bringing this one into the office. Another key takeaway coming up, a Bible can be a living document. As new ideas and notes hit you, you can record them into designated sections. The other way I organize notes is with a world-building Bible. Bibles are common on television series for holding all of the ancillary information about characters, locations, and themes of a show. The idea behind a Bible is if you were to suddenly start writing for a show, you could pick up the Bible and know everything you would need to effectively write in the tone and tenor of that production. World-building notebooks in a pre-production stage, i.e. before you begin your manuscript, may not necessarily be as detailed, but they certainly can help you get yourself organized, and they'll serve as a record book of everything you've come up with so far. As mentioned, the notebook in today's hero image is the final Bible I settled into about 10 years ago when I started writing Krogh's stories. What I like about a Bible is it can be a living document. As new ideas and notes hit you, you can record them into designated sections. I use mine to draft character sketches, draw maps, uh, write songs the characters would sing, and detail important plot points that I wanted to return to. If you're looking close, you can even see little pieces of paper sticking out of the edge of the covers. Those are my original notes for Krogh's Saga, as well as extra pages I had to add once I filled the notebook. If you're engaging in a much longer project, a world-building Bible is a great way to go. It's the book about the book, the sort of like audio commentary of your project. Okay, so now we've got our raw ingredients. Tomorrow we'll move forward with outlining your story and essentially crafting the recipe that you'll follow. Article two, what does your coffee maker think about? How'd yesterday's writing prompt go? It's tougher than it seems. Trying to think fourth dimensionally and consider how might this common thing be totally inexplicable in the future. Did anyone attempt a cell phone? Okay, here are two of mine. The object is circular and has numerals on the front. Three arms point to different spaces between the numerals and can be moved with gentle pressure. Moving some of the arms actually has the effect of moving others as though they're linked. We can hear mechanisms activating inside when certain arms are moved, and we suspect it is some manner of highly rudimentary combination lock or a secure storage item. Perhaps just a novelty of some kind. We found a flat black panel that has a number of ports on it. It is clear there are very old internal electronics, so we attempted to run power through its systems, though this proved difficult as we had no clear way of attaching to our generators. When we did manage to get a charge through it, the front of the panel lighted up slightly and a message appeared. We're working on deciphering that message now. So it's a clock and a television. If both of them are unpowered, they would seem exceedingly odd. If you did get the TV powered up, it would show off an error message since it's not receiving any kind of recognizable signal. Today's prompt is a little more benign. I want you to give an internal monologue to an inanimate object. Maybe just 100 to 200 words about what that object might be thinking about when it is not in use. Here are a few I'm considering, and as always, I'll share with uh, what I came up with tomorrow. What do my heavy metal guitars think about when they're not being played? What does my record think about when it's a record player think about when it's closed and turned off? How does my coffee maker view the living room when it isn't churning away? Now, come up with your own and write it.
Final article. Rowing, a Viking workout. I love and hate the rowing machine. I love it because it gives me a legitimately amazing workout and can be put to super effective use in hit exercises and doing sprint challenges. I hate it because of how brutally taxing it can be on the lungs and heart. Like, rage quit taxing. What's great about the rower, though, is it is supremely low impact. So if you have sore joints, it can be a great way to work your heart. Also, that tax in the lungs, that is purely individually driven. Like any exercise, you can go as hard as you want, or as easy as you want. The dynamic nature of the rower makes it really great for breaking up the monotony of typical cardio. Also, rowing makes me feel like a Viking. Sometimes I like to put on a Wardruna album and do long-distance row workouts and imagine I'm splashing through the Nordic seas in the belly of a galley, pulling at the mighty oars as we near the shore. <laughs> right. I hope your heads are humming with new thoughts and ideas. Now brew up some coffee or tea, grab your water or whatever your preferred morning beverage is, and put the pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, whichever you do. Right on, dear friends. Right on. And be excellent to each other.